Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. The message this morning is going to be a bit shorter, but it's still going to pack a punch of encouragement as we focus on Jesus. And to that end, I'd like to pray. Father, I just ask that you would take uh, what seems to be a complicated passage in the Bible and yet very deep in something you've been wanting to teach us about the high priesthood of Jesus and his continual intercession for us at the right hand of the Father. And we come through you, Jesus, now to the Father, and we ask in Jesus' name that this would come alive, encourage us, and leave us here worshiping. We ask that you would do that work in us now. In Christ's name, amen. I don't know if any of you have been doing Christmas shopping in actual stores. Uh, I don't particularly care to shop ever. And I really don't want to go into stores during Christmas time because it's way too crowded. But there's actually something I hate worse than shopping at Christmas time. That is going to the store after Christmas to return something. Walmart is the worst. I feel like I wait in those return lines forever. I mean, perhaps you have a return things that you just did not want for Christmas. I don't know how many of you ever re- received that singing fish on the wall or soap on a rope or that ugly bathrobe and you want to take it back after Christmas. But there are some things that you receive for Christmas that you actually enjoy and want to keep, but you can't keep it because it is missing something. I can't tell you how many times we've got our kids' Christmas presents and they love it, but they can't use it because it's missing pieces for the toys. I don't know if you ever got something for electronics. You're like, this is great, but it came with no power cord and you have to take it back and you have to exchange it. And that happens from time to time where we get something we want, can't keep it, and we have to take it back because it will not work. Now, let me make a poor attempt to connect this spiritually, that in the Old Testament, saints, get this, were giving a sacrificial system that would enable them to have their sins forgiven and to draw near to God. And it wasn't faulty broken, but it was incomplete. It was inadequate. It was just provisional until Jesus Christ showed up on the scene. Now that Christ has showed up on the scene, they were to return or shall we say trade in or leave behind that incomplete system and turn to the superior sacrifice of Jesus. Because keeping the provisional or the inadequate system would be pointless and foolish because it was incomplete. Now that the superior sacrifice is on the scene, the former can be left behind. This is how the author has been arguing in the book of Hebrews. And it's important because the church was feeling crunched, persecuted, and squeezed for their faith. 
and they were tempted to return to the old provisional system of Judaism. And the author is pleading with them not to return to this inferior, incomplete system, but to press on in Jesus, who is the superior sacrifice, the superior priest, and the superior king. And that leads us all to Hebrews 7. And Hebrews 7, verses 11 through 28, is the second part of a sermon called a Melchizedek Christmas. A Melchizedek Christmas. Part one was last week, part two is this week. And you may say, I wasn't here last week, so catch me up. And you may say, I totally forgot last week, so catch me up. So let me tell you. Last week we learned that Abraham, Old Testament, was returning from war and he met a historical figure named Melchizedek. Melchizedek blessed him and then Abraham tithed a tenth of his plunder from war. Now, Melchizedek was this rare combination of a priest and a king. And he's this great fim- uh, figure that resembles the Son of God because Jesus is both a priest and a king. And the author is highlighting the eternal priesthood of Jesus in the order of Melchizedek like no other author in the New Testament. Why? Because the Hebrews kept wanting to go back to the old system of Judaism because as they were persecuted for following Jesus, they said it's a lot more comfortable to revert back to once we what, what we once knew and stay in that system because we're safer there. And the author is saying that system is inferior, that system is passing, and if you go back to Judaism, you'll be lost forever. If you abandon Jesus, you will be lost forever because it's only in Jesus, the true high priest, can you live forever. Because what they were basically tempting to do is this. They wanted to follow God without Christmas or Easter. They wanted to follow God without Jesus being born and without Jesus dying and rising in. They wanted to follow God on their terms, Judaism, without Christmas or Easter. And the emphasis of chapter 7 is on the superiority of Jesus' eternal priesthood over the inferior priesthood of the Levites. Now, this is where we're going to go today. I want to show you these four points. This is where we're going to go. We're going to talk about Jesus, how he's superior, because he comes from a better tribe, an indestructible life, confirmed with an oath. We'll say what that means. And he's sinless. All right? Try to stay with us. Let's do this. Hebrews 7 starting with verse 11. Now, if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it, the people received the law, what further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated according to the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed of necessity, there takes place a change of law also. Okay, let's stop right there. What is the text saying? It's saying that the Old Testament system could not make a worshiper perfect before God because did you know that without perfection, you can't enter the God's presence? If you are not perfect, you cannot come into a holy God's presence. But the Old Testament system had a sinful human priest installed for the line of Levi and in in the order of Aaron. And they were the descendants of Moses' brother. 
this system was inadequate because it couldn't perfect the worshiper. So there had to be a priest that would arise from a different order, that in the line of Melchizedek. And get this, Melchizedek was on the scene prior to Levi and Aaron. And since the Old Testament law is connected with Levi and Aaron, that law is now passing off the scene. We'll see that when we come to Hebrews chapter 8. The main point is this. Melchizedek's order is greater than the order of Levi. So what? Why are you telling me this? Well, it's because Jesus is connected to Melchizedek and not to Levi. For example, we learned in Hebrews 6 that Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is better, better sacrifice, better than the Old Testament system, better than the prophet, better than the angels, better than Moses, better than the Levitical priesthood. Christ is superior to the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant could not cleanse and make people perfect. So my brothers and sisters in the Hebrews church, do not go back to the old system. Do not revert back. I know you're facing a lot of challenges. You're being persecuted. Do not revert back to Judaism because Judaism does not offer a superior high priest that only comes through Jesus. Now, I want to tell you, most of you are not tempted to go back to Judaism. You didn't come out of Judaism. But we can be tempted to not necessarily turn away from Jesus, but what we do is we downplay Jesus or we, we minimize him in our lives. And the way I want to show this to you is I want you to think about um, minimalism. Some of you like to really be into minimalism. You want to get rid of stuff. You want to live on the basics in your house and you hardly have anything in your house. And um, that must be great. I have a lot of kids and I don't know how that works, but it'd be awesome just to have very few things in your house. But people have started to create uh, nativity scenes that are, that are minimalism nativity scenes. I want to show you, that's a normal nativity scene right there. You see the... This is our nativity scene at our church. I don't know how historically accurate the kings are, but that, that's, that's what we have going on right there. But there have actually been manger scenes that are minimalist uh, manger scenes. So let me show you one right now, okay? What is going on there? Now, you can kind of make out what's going on there, right? Let me show you another one. Whoa. Could you look at that and figure out what that is if I didn't tell you? Mm, not so sure. All right, here's the last one I want to show you. What in the world? It's like blocks, the manger scene. Now, I want you to understand that when you look at these things, it's almost as Jesus has been minimalized or erased from the story. And that's what the Hebrews were attempting to do is to downplay Jesus or minimize Jesus to avoid challenges and persecutions. And I feel like sometimes we do that. We downplay Jesus. We, we put him out to the margins of our lives. I don't know if you ever get into conversations with people in the village and you kind of, kind of get kind of heated and you, you, you don't even act like Jesus exists in your life. I do wonder if your neighbors knew you, could, would they see Jesus? Or would they have to look really hard at your life and go, I thought you were a Christian. Well, you sure act a lot like 
everybody else. Can Jesus be seen in your life or is he minimized and marginalized over to the corner? Well, what we're going to see is that he is to be superior in our lives for he is superior overall. So let's look at the four reasons that he has a superior priesthood. We're just going to fly through these. Number one, better tribe. Look at verse 13 and 14. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, a tribe with reference to which Moses spoke nothing concerning priests. Well, that's interesting. Jesus is a priest, and yet he's descended from Judah. For the most part, the priests don't come from the line of Judah, but from the line of Levi. Yet it's the line of Judah you know, to be the kingly tribe where the kings come from. So that makes Jesus both a priest and a king. And this was hinted at in the Old Testament in Zechariah 6.13. It says, yes, it is he who built the temple of the Lord and he who will bear the majesty and sit and rule on his throne. So he will be a priest on his throne and the council of peace will be between the two offices. Well, this is pretty amazing. Hinted at in the Old Testament, become real in the New Testament, that Jesus is able to save as a priest, and he's also a king. So he can save you and he can protect you. Second thing, indestructible life. I really like this one. Look at verses 15 and 17. And this is clear still. If another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such not on the basis of a law, a physical requirement, according to the power of an indestructible life. For it is attested of him, you are priests forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. All the other priests in the Old Testament, they die. But Jesus has an eternal priesthood. And guess what? He did die, but he didn't stay dead, but rose again in power. So we could say that Jesus has an indestructible life. Jump down to verse 23. Look, jump, look at verse 23. The former priests on the one hand existed in greater numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing. <laughs> but Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is also able to save those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. How many Old Testament priests were there? I don't know, but there are a lot of them. How many are those according to the order of Melchizedek that live forever? That would be one. He is this permanent priest based upon an indestructible life, and he always lives to make intercession for you. So if you're a believer in Jesus and you ever doubt and you feel like God may be letting you go, and you may be slipping through his fingers, you need to know that Jesus always lives to make intercession for you. And if you are in Christ and you doubt your salvation, look to the right hand of the Father. Look to the one who's making intercession for you as your great high priest. Who is the one who not only intercedes for you, but he's the one who sacrificed his life for you. If you doubt your salvation, don't take a look at yourself, but take a look at your high priest. Always interceding for you. It's encouraging. Number three, confirmed with an oath. All right, jump back to verse 18. I know we're flying here. 
confirmed with an oath. For on the one hand, there is a setting aside of a former commandment because of its weakness and uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. And on the other hand, there is a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. And inasmuch as it was not without an oath. For they indeed became priests without an oath, but he with an oath through the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. So much more also Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Boy, that's a lot of words in there. Think about it this way. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant system was weak and useless in the sense that it could not make the worshiper perfect and save. Now a better hope has come on the scene in which we draw near to God through Jesus. And God has made a promise and an oath to this priest that he will be a priest forever. So that God didn't promise the Old Testament priests that their priesthood would last forever, but he made that oath to Jesus. Meaning that there is no need to revert back to an inferior system. Don't go back to the ways of the Old Testament imperfect mosaic system, but keep moving forward in Jesus. Don't minimalize him. Don't set him aside. Don't marginalize. Move forward completely in Jesus. And the last thing is seen is that he's sinless. Look at verse 26. Verse 26. For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens, who does not need, da- who does not need daily like those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sin and then for the sins of the people. Because this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men as high priests who are weak. But the word of the oath, which came after the law, appoints a son made perfect forever. Easy to understand. Old Testament priests, those in the line of Levi, they were weak. They were sinful. They were humans. They died. They even had to make sacrifices for their own sins before they could make sacrifices for the sins of others. And they had to do it over and over and over again. Jesus, how many sacrifices does he make? One. Do we sacrifice Jesus over and over again? No, we do not. Why? One sacrifice is sufficient for the sins of people. And Jesus doesn't have to make a sacrifice for his own sins. He doesn't have any. Now, how crazy would this be? Here's some imagery here, okay? The Old Testament priest comes in. And he crawls up on the altar and he sacrifices himself. Would that do any good? No. Wouldn't do any good for him. Wouldn't do any good for the Old Testament worshiper. That's what we're saying that Jesus did. He sacrificed himself. But it was sufficient because he was a perfect sacrifice, sinless sacrifice. And we know we have proof of it because God raised him from the dead. And the argument here is that Jesus, who is a high priest, who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens, and has an indestructible life. No system on this earth that you can ever find can get you access to God. It's only through Jesus Christ. You want to compare other systems to him? Go right ahead. You want to put up other religions to him? Go right ahead. He will be superior over them all. He is the only one, perfect, sinless, risen from the dead that you're going to find. And he's the only one at the right hand of the Father continually interceding for you, giving you access straight to the Father now and forever. Why would you turn anywhere else? 
Why would you minimize Jesus? Why would you marginalize Jesus? He is the ultimate, he is the superior high priest. He died, rose again, he ascended to the Father. So right now, every single person can come to him through faith and be received. Now I want you to think about baby Jesus. Baby Jesus. Think about baby Jesus. At Christmas time, we celebrate a lot of things about baby Jesus, right? But do we ever think that the baby is a high priest? The baby will grow up perfect life, great God-man, a high priest. And I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I mean, I got some, I got some tough news this morning about someone that I deeply love turning away to some extent from the revealed will of the word of God and being deceived. And I fear for every single person in here because I don't care how solid you are. It's when things get hard and temptations rise that sometimes you will look for a reinterpretation of the scriptures. And any time you try to reinterpret the scriptures to fit whatever's going on in your life, I guarantee you, you're marginalizing Jesus, you're minimizing Jesus, and you're in danger of falling away from Jesus. So I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on. People listening, watching, I don't know what's going on in your life. But if there's any movement away from Jesus, be careful. Take heed. This past um, week, we had a, a staff Christmas party. You know, I really like our staff. I'm glad you do too. I really like being with them. Now, sometimes at staff Christmas parties, they have uh, gift exchanges. And we did that. We gave each other gifts. But have you ever been to one of those staff Christmas parties where you get a gift, but you can steal someone else's gift? Yeah, that's a lot of fun. It's in the Christmas spirit. So you can say, that's better. I want to exchange what I got for that. The word to the Hebrews is, don't do it. You have Jesus. And you may think that you can swap out Jesus for something else. Don't do it. It's inferior. And I want to leave you with this idea of an exchange, all right? I don't know if you understand how great this is. The word of God is saying, my brothers and sisters, you can make three exchanges here, okay? You can exchange your old ways of approaching God through whatever religious manner you used to do that, and you can exchange that for complete, total access through Jesus alone. I know some of you were raised in certain traditions where you had to jump through hoops and maybe if you were good enough, God would like you and maybe accept you when you die. And if not, you could still work out some issues and maybe he would accept you. You can exchange all that hoop jumping, gotta be good for God to like you and you can be saved by grace alone, through faith alone in the finished work of Christ alone. Complete acceptance through faith in Jesus. The second thing you can exchange, 
And I love this. This is a great exchange talking about in the book of Romans and throughout the New Testament. You can exchange your life of sin for Christ's life of righteousness. Did you know that in the cross, this great exchange took place, that on the cross, Jesus gets your sin and you get his righteousness? There is no better gift exchange in history than that. That is a good deal, right? That someone would take on my sin and give me his righteousness, I'll take that deal anytime. And that's what happened on the cross, bearing the wrath of God for my sin, not his own. And yet I'm clothed in his righteousness through faith. Amazing. And the laugh, the last exchange I want to leave with you is this. Jesus says, give me your burdens and I'll give you my peace. Cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. And I don't know what you're carrying this morning and what you plan to carry through Christmas that may be weighing you down. You can get rid of that right now and cast that on to the Father. In exchange, you'll get peace. His peace, the peace that surpasses understanding. The peace that surpasses understanding even when things are not working out like you expected them to work out. The peace that surpasses understanding when your body's falling apart, your relationships are falling apart. You can cast that on Jesus right now. Receive that peace that surpasses understanding. So don't exchange Jesus for inferior things. Don't minimize him in your life. But draw near to him and find life now and forever. Let's pray. Father, I just ask that when other options look better than Jesus, that you would convict us. When other ways of operating a life look better than Jesus, show us the lies of the enemy. And if anyone here has been operating in ways apart from you on their own terms or on the terms of jumping through hoops or religion, they would forgo all that and come to you and find forgiveness. If anyone here is carrying a heavy load and burden, that they would exchange that for your peace, that they would just continue to turn that over to you, to not be anxious about anything, but to pray about everything, to continue to give those things to you, Lord, I just ask you to help me, help us to not to minimize you, to minimize you, to marginalize you, but to keep you front and center, ruling and reigning over our lives. For in you is life now and forever. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.